Proverbs chapter 3 here, and verse number 5 and 6. This for you, uh, many of you, maybe uh, favorite verses near and dear to your heart. We're going to look at it here this morning. Proverbs chapter 3 and verses 5 and 6. Scripture says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Verse 7 also says, Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. How many of you have ever needed direction? This week, uh, my wife and I, we went on Friday to the Reds opening day, and uh, it was really fun. It was a lot of fun. It was for uh, her birthday. She had never been to opening day before, and um, of all the sports, uh, baseball, I understand it, and it's, it's fun. It's not my favorite one, but she loves it, and so we went there for her birthday to the Reds opening day, and uh, I, I know enough about it. It's, it's one of those things where if I was good at it, I'd love it, but uh, I'm not, so I'm you know, I'm the, I'm the guy that, uh, Wade will remember this. I'm the guy that on our church league softball team years ago, I was sliding into first base. Which, if any of you know anything about baseball, you run past first base, and Wade made sure to let me know that, you know. But uh, Red's opening day, it was really fun. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about it here later on. But how many of you have ever driven around Cincinnati? For some reason, I have a perfect time of getting right down by the stadium getting parked. I can get to Cincinnati. I can get down there. I can get parked. But for some reason, getting out of Cincinnati, I cannot find 75 to save my life. (laughs) Amen. So I'm sitting there, you know, I'm sitting there with my iPhone. We're going through like Vine Street, downtown Cincinnati, you know, and um, I'll just move on from there. But I've got my iPhone there and I was on 71 and I knew that 71 hits 275. So you don't want to go all the way up there. I missed four and I I needed some direction that day and I'm too much the man to hand the iPhone to my wife. You know, I want it there in front of me. So it's more like this. Oh, there's my turn, you know, and uh, that's the way it is when I'm driving and uh, that's how it will remain. (laughs) But we've all needed direction in our lives, right? And I don't know about you, but in our lives, we really do need God to direct our steps. And God says that he will. And in this passage, he gives us three requirements that we must meet if he's going to direct our steps. Number one, he says, trust in him. Trust in the Lord. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. Now, what is trust? Trust is, uh, we're very familiar with it. We do it every day. You guys, when you sat in that pew this morning, you trusted that it would hold you up. Uh, Probably none of you looked at that pew and went, Oh, these have been around for quite a few years and... I don't know if I'll try. No, you just sat down in it. Trust, it's confidence. It's a reliance or resting of the mind on the integrity, veracity, justice, friendship, or other sound principle of another person. Um, You know, as we were trying to get out of Cincinnati, I'm sitting there. I was trusting the makers of Google and Apple to get me out of downtown Cincinnati at that moment. Where, and some of you, as you have traveled, You've pulled up a map on like, a lot of times this happens with Yahoo maps. You'll plug in where you're going and you look at it and you're like, that is not the best way to get there. We had a guy that came for the Bible conference from Indiana. He's an assistant pastor there in Indiana. And he had plugged in the the, loca- the destination and, and his location. And I did the same thing for him. And it took him all the way from Chicago area down to 70 and over. And I know that when I've traveled that with pastor and I know when Sean and I went there on vacation a couple years back, we don't go down to 70 to go to Chicago. And it's just, it's so my trust in that mapping of Yahoo has 
it's questionable. But I trust Google, I trust my iPhone, and they got me out of that situation. When the Lord says to trust in Him, He wants you to have confidence in Him. And I love this statement, a resting of the mind on the integrity. Your mind this week, in the situations, in the environments, in the, the, the decisions that you were making this week, was your mind at ease resting in the Lord? If not, here's the cool, cool thing. Sunday is a new week. Today's a new day. This is the day that the Lord's made. We will rejoice and glad, be glad in it. You get another chance. And so this week, as, you, as things come into your life, will you rest your mind on the promises of God? Um, you know, it's been said, I think it was maybe Bob Jones, one of the Bob Jones guys, he said that he never felt like he was saved until he had his first cup of coffee. And if you base your feeling of being saved, whether or not you're going to heaven or not on your, if you base your decision of that on your feelings, there are going to be a lot of times you don't feel like you're saved. And that's where we have to rest our confidence in the promises of God. Um, uh, some of you may be trying to make a decision about a job situation or a family situation, and your mind needs to rest on the integrity of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this statement really does go without saying. God can be trusted. God can be trusted, and He is worthy of our trust. You know, the Bible says in Romans uh, 5, it says that God commendeth. He proved or He showed His love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, if, if somebody would be, would be willing to give their life for me in a situation... I would trust that they love me. If they love me enough to do that, and the scripture says that God loves you so much that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for your sins and for my sins. He commended his love. So he can be trusted, and he is worthy of our trust. Numbers 23 says it this way, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? You see, you and I, some of us, we have been burned by people that we know. Some of us, we've been burned by Christians that we know. And I would hate to see somebody in, in this room this morning that if seriously, if somebody were to ask you today, do you know for sure 100% that if you die today that you're going to heaven? If you have any uncertainty of that at all, I would hate to see you put off making that decision because of some hypocritical Christians. I read uh, some stuff by I.M. Haldeman this week, and just an amazing illustration. How many of you understand that there is counterfeit money out there? All right, and the more they keep printing of it, the less it really matters. But, yeah, okay. There's counterfeit money, right? There is, would you maybe call that hypocritical money? It's not real money, but it's fake money, right? And imagine, have you stopped using your money because there's counterfeit money out there? No, what do you do? You, we, we hope that our law enforcement, that they identify the counterfeit money and get rid of it, but you never stopped using the dollar because it was counterfeited. Don't let counterfeit Christians make you think that Christianity is not real. Today, the scripture says, is the day of salvation. You need to make that decision personally. And it's just a wonderful illustration that he had. I never thought about it in that capacity. But in the same way that you're not going to stop using the dollar because somebody counterfeited it, there's no reason that Christianity is not real because there are hypocritical Christians. You know, welcome to the universe. There are hypocritical atheists, hypocritical Muslims, and that's just part of it. So here's the deal. Why don't you become a Christian, a real Christian, 
and show those hypocritical Christians how a real Christian ought to act, right? How a real Christian ought to be and walk with the Lord. So um, we, we need to trust in the Lord. And then he says, how, how are we going to trust in the Lord? In what capacity? Well, he says here, with all thine heart, with all thine heart. Now, I'd mentioned being at the Reds opening day, and it was just a blast up until the first inning where they cracked two back-to-back home runs against the Reds. And my wife and I are still trying to figure out why they, of all, you know, it's your opening day, people are paying insane amounts of money to go to that game. And it's your opening day, and they got Volquez pitching. Great, you know. I'm looking for Chapman, you know, the, the, the guy from, is he from Cuba or something they've got? He pitches literally over 100 miles an hour. Every time. I mean, it's pretty cool. I taught him how to do that. But, um, but you know, I'm looking for that guy to pitch, pitch, and they start out with Volquez. First inning, they cracked two back-to-back home runs. For the most of the game, it was 6-3. to three. And going into the eighth inning, I told Sean, I said, you know, we were up in the beyond nosebleed sections. You know, we were up there that when they did the flyover with the F-18 Hornets. You know, I was like smacking the plane, you know, that kind of thing, which those are cool. Any guys ever seen a flyover? It makes me want to go to the Dayton Air Show. Any of you guys go to the Dayton Air Show? All right, I'm going to come and find out more about that. But those they, they flew these F-18 Hornets over and... I love it. I love military stuff. I love things that make other things explode. And uh, these F-18s, Shauna, she had to point them out because I'm looking around, I'm looking around. And we saw them. And you know when I heard them? After they had gone by. Oh, that's cool, man. (laughs) You know? So, you know, when we go into other countries, they never hear it coming. Um, So we're in the nosebleed section for most of the game. And obviously people were leaving because the Reds were losing. And I thought, well, let's go down and we'll try and get, we went down to some of the lower levels because a lot of people, they leave their seats. And so we got down to where we were about, I'd say maybe about maybe 100 to 200 yards from the diamond. We were looking and uh, going into that ninth inning. It was so fun. The, uh, the Reds got to where they were down by, I got to think of the math here in baseball, but they got to where they were down by a couple, and there was the guy batting. There was a guy on first, and I think a guy on second or third. And uh, all they needed, all they needed was a home run. And it's the bottom of the ninth, two out. You know, the guy's up to bat, two on, and a and a home run would win the game. And I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm sitting there behind Shauna because she wouldn't really see much if I was in front of her. And we're watching it, and I'm, I'm th- I had this thought in my head. You know, that would be really cool if this guy just cracked this out. And, I've, you know, you've seen stuff like that before in the replays, but I'm like, I'm not going to get my hopes up. All of a sudden, pitcher winds up, and he throws, and it was like a striker ball. And I'm like, yeah, that would be really cool to see this just go out of here. And all of a sudden, you see. And you hear everybody go, yeah! And it just, you know, so he cracks all you guys. If you watch the game, Hernandez, he cracks this walk-off home run. And I got to tell you, at the, at the moment before he hit it, I was half-heartedly, I was kind of thinking, that'd be cool if it happened, but probably not. You know, as a believer, when you trust in the promises of the Lord, is it half-hearted? Is it, you know, that'd be really cool if what that said really was true, but I, I don't know. The Lord says, trust in me with all your heart. With, with every capacity of your being, trust me. I'm worthy of it. I love you. I have a plan and purpose for your life. So 
Um, uh, think of it this way. God doesn't want you to have a backup plan. Like, if your friend came to you and said, okay, what are you, what are you trusting in this situation? You said, man, I'm just trusting the Lord that X, Y, Z. Well, what if, what if God's promises, well, like, what if he doesn't come through on that? You know, it's like, well, then I got this backup plan. I'm going to go to the state farm and, you know, or, or you know, these different situations. Is, do you have, like, this backup plan in the back of your mind that if God doesn't come through on his promise, you, you do have something else to fall back on? And, you know, as a believer, it, it's just, God, that's it. That's what I have to fall back on, the Lord, his promises. Um, if the Lord has promised, says this, Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I don't have a backup plan for that. Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. And my faith and trust in his death, burial, and resurrection for my sins, that's plan A, and that's the only plan we've got. And here's the thing, though. I know that the Lord is true. He is faithful. And through faith, we look for him to come back and to return and stand before him forgiven and cleansed. So God doesn't want you to have backup plans. He, he is the plan. So he wants you to, the first requirement is to trust in the Lord. Secondly, lean not unto thine own understanding. Lean not unto thine own understanding. How many of you have ever seen a leaning structure? How many of you work in construction? Let me ask you this. How many of you work in construction? Um, Frank, go ahead and put this picture up here for us. You guys will recognize this when you see it. What is that? Yeah, the Leaning Tower Pizza, okay? Um, Kids are going, oh, I'm hungry. The Leaning Tower Pizza. Now, what was funny this morning, it's been a long time since I've looked at this this structure. I've seen it before. I've never been there. But uh, just looking at that, doesn't it make you kind of cringe a little bit? Seriously, you look at that and you go... Because your brain is thinking, that's not supposed to be leaning like that. You know, leave it to the Italians to... No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think it's Italy, right? Nobody laughed. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I need to go on a missions trip, learn some more geography. Um, this leaning tower, this thing scares me. You know, just looking at that, I know structures are not supposed to lean that way. Um, if any of you have ever been around building and, and, and structure, I, I was watching that, you know, I talk about Mike Holmes. And it's amazing what contractors will do to, uh, is it the truss of a building? Or if you have a basement, what's the real big board that goes from one side of the house to the other? I don't even know what it's called. So you don't want me working on your house. It's the beam. All right. Yeah, that beam that goes across is the beam. So I've seen, I've seen uh, homes on homes where, where contractors have like cut that beam parts of it out. And the whole second level of homes has, you, you, can, you can take a golf ball and put it on the floor and it starts going around into other rooms because the floor is unlevel and it's dipped in the middle. You know, some of you are like, yeah, that's my house. <laughs> you know? uh, um, if only my husband would fix it. <laughs> but we understand that that beam is, is vital for structure. And uh, the Lord says... Don't lean to your own understanding. Your and my understanding is flawed. We have beams missing. (laughs) You know, some of you are thinking, I got a beam missing this morning. Um, (laughs) Proverbs 14, verse 12 says, There is a way. You know what? We're here in Proverbs. Look at chapter 14. I want you to see this. Proverbs chapter 14. Lean not unto thine own understanding. Verse 12 says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, 
but the end thereof are the ways of what? Death. Because we are sinners, our understanding, our thinking is flawed. The Scripture says it this way in Romans 3.23. It says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So it doesn't matter if you're a very moral, upstanding citizen in the eyes of the world or if you're a criminal thug, you've been on... Um, you've had a life of, of a criminal record. That doesn't matter. The Scripture says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It says there is none righteous, no, not one. And the penalty for our sin is an eternal separation from God forever in hell. It doesn't matter what Rob Bell writes in his books or what those guys, it does not matter what they say. What Jesus says is that hell is a place where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. And he tried and loved to tell the Pharisees, if you believe not that I am he, you will die in your sins. So we understand that we are sinners. There's a real literal consequence for that, and that is death and hell, eternally separated from God forever. But what I mentioned at the beginning here, Romans 5, 8, the Bible says that God loves you and he, and he um, proved his love for you. He commendeth his love toward you and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And in the same way that you don't get cleaned up to take a bath, Jesus doesn't want you to make your life all better so you can trust him. You simply need to trust him for your salvation. And I want to ask you this question. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, lean not unto thine own understanding. This morning... What are you trusting in to get you to heaven when you die? What are you trusting in? If it is anything other than Jesus Christ and His death, burial, and resurrection, the Bible says you will fall short. You'll fall short. Um, If you remember when the young man came to Jesus and he said, Good Master, what what, what can I do that I might inherit eternal life? So... If many of the many of us have had that question, what do I need to do to go to heaven? And you know what Jesus told him? He started listing some of the commandments, and he said, uh, "Thou shalt uh, not commit adultery, don't, do not steal, honor your father and your mother." And the young man said, "All these I've kept from my youth up." He said, "Jesus, I, I, I I've been perfect. I've done everything that I'm supposed to do." And you know what Jesus told him? He didn't tell him, "Oh, good job." You know what he told him? One thing. Thou lackest. You see, you and I can live the most moral, perfect, upstanding life before this world. And Jesus will say, one thing thou lackest. Because the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so if you try and go ahead, live the most moral life that you can, that will not make you a Christian. And it will not get you to heaven. Jesus will say, one thing thou lackest. And you know what he told the young man? He said, go take all that you have and sell it give to the poor, and come and follow me. And that young man made a decision that day, and he made the wrong decision. And the Bible says that he went away very sorrowful because he had great possessions. And though in his mind, in his reasoning that he was leaning on, he thought, man, I've done all the right stuff. I've done everything I'm supposed to. His heart was covetous and set on his things and not on God. And Jesus identified that in his life. Our admonition here in Proverbs says, Lean not to thine own understanding. Look, hold your place here and look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 13, the scripture says, Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, 
comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. This morning, are you trying to lean on your own understanding? As a believer, are you leaning on your own understanding? The way that, that you think and, and the, what you think goes contrary to Scripture, you're going to lean on that and trust it. Our thinking in our, of ourselves is, is flawed, and that's why we must have our minds renewed with the Word of God every day. So, in Proverbs, back to Proverbs chapter 3, he says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. So the first requirement, if, we've got, if we're going to have God direct our paths, number one, we've got to trust in the Lord. Number two, we have to um, uh, lean not on our own understanding. And then number three, acknowledge God in all our ways. Acknowledge God in all our ways. Acknowledge means this. It means to own avow or admit to be true by a declaration of a sin as to acknowledge the being of God. So we've heard this phrase in our culture, right? Hey, why don't you just own up to it? If you own up to something that you did it or you didn't do it, what are you doing? You're acknowledging, you're giving it a scent. And the scripture says that we need to acknowledge, we need to own God and say, God, I acknowledge you. I own up to you, and, and, and Lord, I am acknowledging you. I'm admitting you to be true in this, in this situation. Now, in what, areas, in what areas does the Scripture admonish us and challenge us to be trusting in the Lord? Some of them. All, right? And what does all mean? All means all. It's all it all means. You guys hear that at least once a month, don't you? Um. In all thy ways, uh, I like what one guy said here. He said, the Lord God is to be acknowledged in the dining room, the living room, the bathroom, the carport, the automobile, the factory, the office, the barracks, the classroom, the bridal chamber, the fields, the highways, motels, roadhouses, the restaurants, and where he cannot be acknowledged openly and immediately, the Christian has no place going. He is to be consulted about matters of dating, study, marriage, separation, divorce, homemaking, buying, selling, building, planting, working, retiring, saving. Are, are those all... Areas, right? He goes on and says, uh, teaching, or he says, and anywhere where any man, church, religion, sacrament, teaching, tradition, or authority takes precedence over the Lord, it is to be ignored or removed. So in all areas of our lives, we are supposed to acknowledge the Lord. And we do that by acknowledging him and his word that he's given us. Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Now notice two more verses with me. The Lord says that as, you that as we trust in him, we don't lean to our own understanding, and we acknowledge him, he will direct our paths. Well, look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13 says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You know, God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose. Um, God is not surprised by the things that come into our lives, and he asks us to trust him and to acknowledge him in all our ways. So God has a plan, he has a purpose, and he's going to work in us to accomplish that purpose. And then look also at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, book right there before Philippians. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. The scripture here says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. 
Again, God has a plan. He has a purpose. So in your life, let me ask you this. Are, have you been resting your mind on the integrity of the promises of God? Those worries, those frets, maybe the, we're a little short this month on the bills, or uh, maybe you've got a lost loved one. Are, are you resting in the promises, resting that fret, that your mind on the promises of God? Number two, are you leaning this morning on your own flawed understanding? Do you, are you trusting in something to get you to heaven that is not in the word of God. Jesus says it this way. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You see, man's wisdom in and of our own selves, if you go out to this world and you try and get counsel on that situation, you're not going to get pointed to Christ. But But Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then right now, is there a decision in your life or an area in your life in which you have not acknowledged the Lord? Uh, young people, you know, in in the relationships that you're in, in the uh, looking college and, um, you know, adults with, with your finances, with your kids, with, with every area of your life. Is there an area that you think of this morning that you say, you know, I, I haven't really looked to see what, what God says about that. I have not acknowledged him. Well, you can do that this morning and give that to the Lord. So back to Proverbs chapter three and verse uh, back to Proverbs chapter three. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. One more comment at the end of verse 5 when he says, lean not to thine own understanding. When you read that, I feel a sense of, oh, glad I don't have to do that anymore. Because you feel that pressure, you feel that weight, you have to figure it all out, right? God says, don't lean on your own understanding. You acknowledge me, you follow my ways, and I will direct your paths. So this morning, have you, are you trusting in him? Are you leaning on him? And have you acknowledged him? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word and the opportunity to 